Here I was, a youth in foster care, hosting my first big recruitment event for facing foster care in Alaska. I was nervous and excited. The Office of Children's Services gave us this great space and even catered the event. Here I was, a younger youth in foster care. I was at this shitty event that my caseworker made me go to. <laughs> the room was small and stuffy, the food was gross. I could have been doing many other things as I was a young teenager. I could have been at home recording 106 and Park music videos on my VHS tapes. I did my spiel, started making my rounds to greet all the youth. I spotted this redhead in the back who seemed super into it. So I approached her. Hey, I'm Amanda, the president of FFCA. What's your name? Becca. Hey, Becca, what school do you go to? I'm a freshman at West, why? Oh, cool, I went to West. Do you know Katie Mativier? Man, fuck her, I almost fought that bitch. <laughs> That's my sister. <laughs> she is kind of annoying. Wait, wait, are we bonding right now? Did we just become best friends? Problem is, we didn't see each other after that. Fast forward. Later on, I was a junior in high school. I was in my 22nd foster care placement. I was at Covenant House, Alaska, again. Uh, I was kind of waiting for my forever family. It wasn't working out too well. Life kind of sucked. I'm in my senior year in the social work program at UAA, interning with the National Casey Foundation, traveling the country, learning about child welfare reform. I have my first apartment in Spinard. I live with my boo, and we just got two kittens. Life is going amazing. <laughs> My boyfriend at the time, now a husband, was a case manager at the Covenant House. He kept telling me about this girl who'd be a great recruit for facing foster care in Alaska. She's a strong advocate, outspoken, and had recently been facing a number of challenges. Just last week, he talked about how he had to tape up the sides of her glasses because the Medicaid medal was eating away at her skin. Oh, small town Anchorage. Turns out my case manager at the homeless shelter was doing the, you know, the thing with my friend Amanda from a couple years ago. Uh, we got reconnected. I got really involved with Facing Foster Care in Alaska. I was doing anything and everything I could. We were talking to lawmakers. We were training child, uh, training child protection staff. Uh, we were on the news all the time. I was kind of a big deal. Uh, yet things at home in my personal life still weren't really good. I left the you know, shelter to be reunified with my biological mother. Uh, things were really smooth for the first couple of months until she started drinking. Uh, kind of knew at that point that things were going to go downhill pretty quickly after that. And sure enough, a few months after that, on Christmas Eve, she pawned all of our Christmas gifts and went to go buy some crack. At this point, me and Becca are really close. We talk every day and I had been increasingly concerned about her situation at home. My boyfriend and I had both spent time in the foster care system and knew someday we wanted to be foster parents. We wanted to give back, but maybe not until we were like 40. <laughs> I got a call one day from the Office of Children's Services just after Christmas asking us to attend a team meeting for Becca. She was back in the system. At the age of 23, I left the department that day with an emergency foster care license and a 17-year-old daughter. How? <laughs> How stoked am I? I'm going to live with two of my closest friends. It's going to be the best time of my life, or so I thought. We have no idea what we're doing. We have no parenting experience. We obviously didn't have the best role models when we were children. We're being overly strict and really struggling to exert our authority. One minute late for curfew, you're grounded. Didn't clean your room? Give us your phone. 
We got a call from the Anchorage School District one day to notify us that Becca had been skipping class almost every day. This is really weird because we drop her off every morning at 6 a.m. for choir practice because the buses don't run that early. <laughs> we knew we had to address it when she got home. Hey guys, I'm home. Can we talk? Yeah, sure, what's up? Did you go to school today? Uh, you drove me there, yeah. How many classes did you go to? Two or three. How many classes have you been to this school year? A lot. Wrong. You have over 80 absences. Yeah, so are we done talking about this? Can I leave now? You're grounded for the rest of the school year and no more Guitar Hero. What really sucked about this situation is I thought I had this really clever plan laid out. At the beginning of the school year, when I was registering, um, I provided my cell phone number since I never had a parent or guardian with me anyways, and the school was totally fine with that. They trusted me. How nice. Uh, so when I skipped school, they would call my phone around 7 p.m. every night and leave a voicemail, and any of you guys who parent juvenile delinquents might be familiar with this. It goes something like this. This is the Anchorage School District calling to inform you that Rebecca my full name, right? Rebecca has missed one or more classes today. It goes on to tell you how you can contact the office if you're worried or concerned. I was neither of those things, so it was great. <laughs> uh, my plan kind of backfired. Next thing I know, we're headed into our first parent-teacher conference with a teacher I had had just a few years earlier. <laughs> it's me, Becca, and a woman from the Anchorage School District's Homeless Project, and the teacher. It was super intense, like walking on eggshells type thing. I'm not really sure why though, because one, the class was teen issues, which could be my life story. I shouldn't have had to go. Uh, two, Amanda was a high school dropout. Yeah, she was. And so why was she trying to tell me how to live my life? At this point, Becca has maxed out all of her absences for the rest of the school year and has to attend every single day in order to graduate. We walk into the classroom, the teacher gives me a once-over and says, it's good to see you again. <laughs> we try to talk to her about Becca's situation and the teacher goes on to say she's got over 160 students to deal with and she doesn't have time to, to worry about the problems of just one. Becca gets upset, storms out of the classroom, I burst into tears and the woman from the school district's homeless project starts scolding this teacher telling her it's her job as an educator to worry about all of her students. Calm down, I know what you guys are thinking. I made it, obviously. A few months later, I walked across the graduation stage, shook some hands, got my diploma. It was fine. She even sang the Star Spangled Banner. All that choir practice paid off. So I uh, progressed to the young adult and the uh, fabulous young lady you guys see standing before you, obviously. Um, I was working a lot, I had my own place, a few years went by, I'm in my early 20s, 23 actually, and you know how they say history has a funny way of repeating itself? Well, I found myself in the same little Spinard apartments, I also had two cats, and I got a call from OCS one day to attend a meeting, and uh, I leave that meeting at 23 with an emergency foster care license and a 17-year-old son. Now, I'm 32 with a 20-year-old who calls me grandma. 